you may make a decision based on your past decision and go, nah, this happened to me last time. I don't want to do that. And you bring your past into your present. And you might also bring that decision from your past and go, you know what? That really worked out for me last time. I'll just do it again. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson, and each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. Okay, today's guest is an international speaker, event facilitator, and transformational breakthrough coach who focuses on inner workings of a relationship with the self and the mind. Once upon a time, he was an Australian model and actor traveling all around the world for 12 years, mostly living and working out of LA. After many setbacks, he decided to place all the bets on himself and committed to a full immersion of self-development by aligning himself with his values and his purpose. He now guides individuals on a powerful, thought-provoking inner journey to break down inherent beliefs and old habits that sabotage growth and profitable results. So please help me welcome the guy who went from busting his ass, working three different jobs, struggling to pay his bills while living in LA, to now having worked with high-profile business leaders from countries all over the world and is now the facilitator co-creator of elevate events with his business partner joel brown my friend mr emil steenveld yeah man. thanks thanks for having me brother man i'm so excited to have you i'm i'm excited to chat to you again because you're over there in bali i'm here in australia bali's kind of my home mm-hmm. um <laughs> so I, have, I have a bit of fomo so let me let me try and live my bali lifestyle through you for the next 45 minutes to an hour but uh man i'm i'm pumped we can have this chat and bring you here awesome let's um let's dive in let's do it so dude kick us off a little bit um because i know a bit about your like now you're obviously you're living in bali we're just talking a little bit about you know your goals and your vision of your business now and really taking everything to a whole new level man to help people really um become more aware and and, and express themselves right how did this all start for you? Do you want do you want to take us on a bit of this journey from being a model in LA to now now doing all this stuff? Yeah, so I've I was a model for twelve years, um, traveling around the world, and I started off actually my career in Melbourne, Australia. Then I ended up heading to Hong Kong for my first overseas trip. And what's interesting, Morgan, is even before becoming a model, I had this story of not enough or not being good enough, and Every time I got asked to become a model or to do a show, like I would, I would sh- literally shit myself. I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. And it was because I didn't think I could. And the other thing was I was so afraid of rejection. And that's what modeling is. It's literally 95% rejection. So for years, for a good three years, I, I kept on saying no because I didn't want to face rejection until I finally got the courage to jump in and, and went to an agency and they said, no, nah, we're not what you're looking for. And then what happened was I was like, yeah, see, no, nah, I'm not doing that again. And I went to a smaller agency and I saw them and they were like, yep, we like your look. And I still was like, no, nah, I don't want to do this. So for three years passed and I was 18 at the time when I first went, 21, I finally got the courage to go, you know what, I'm going to go and do this. And I went to an agency and... I went to a small agency that wouldn't reject me. I thought, you know what? This agency is not so big. You know, they, they'll, they'll, um, it'll be smaller. It'll be a little bit more intimate. And, and I got in and at the start, it wasn't as I thought. You know, I thought I had no idea what this was. And you go, they just sent me to a casting. And, you know, for a casting, anyone doesn't know what a casting is. It's like you're in a, your audition. So I, I walk into an audition and there's all these models lining up and they have their books. And obviously everybody's good looking and it's intimidating because you're like, what the hell's going on? And you have to do a walk. And I just remember just shitting myself, you know, and just that feeling of not like, what am I doing? What am I meant to do? And I had to walk to the end of the table and there's three people judging me. And then I had to walk back and then they go, here, here's my card and look through my book and they go, thanks. And you just stand there like, this is me. I'm auctioning off me right now. All right. <laughs> Selling your body. Yeah. And, and the, the beautiful thing about it is every time I went through it, I was already into self-development back then. 
I was already into personal development. My mom was a co- um, is a psychologist and I had these books since young. So I was always asking myself, how can I grow? How can I be better? How can I, what can I learn from this? So I, I learned that from a young age and I took that into modeling and what I thought was going to help me, it did at most times, but it also didn't because of the politics of what, how this game works. And I, I call it a game because it is. Um, so fast forward, I ended up going to Hong Kong, doing really well there, getting more confident, um, booking a lot more shows, working a lot more. And then from Hong Kong, ended up going to LA and then got an agency in LA and then New York. And that was the dream. If I could go to New York and I've made it, you know, I walked in New York Fashion Week. I did some pretty big campaigns. I traveled around America. Um, but what people did not see is before I even got to New York, LA, the recession hit. And I was literally in struggle town to the point where I was literally working three jobs. I was working at Abercrombie on the door as one of those models at Abercrombie. I was doing catering jobs and I was working for a company called Beautiful Bartenders where I would like work at these high-end massive like mansions and, and be the waiter, the catering is that, staff. Is that topless waitering, Emil? No, that's definitely okay. not topless waiting. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but... But yeah, it was, it was a shock to my system because one thing I've never done before is had to budget. And then when I had to budget, like my mindset went into like, oh my God, I'm so used to having everything I wanted. And I worked before that. And then when I got to LA, I bought the car, you know, I bought a car that I didn't really need. Um, well, I needed a car, but I didn't need that kind of car. It was like a Honda Type R, like looked like a need for speed, like hot it up you know, and I just thought, you know, I'm going to work. So why not? And the, the thing that it taught me is that it taught me to check into what do I need and how do I support myself and, and not just go ahead based on the past decisions. And this is what we can do as, as entrepreneurs is, is you may make a decision based on your past decision and go, nah, this happened to me last time. I don't want to do that. And you bring your past into your present. And you might also bring that decision from your past and go, you know what, that really worked out for me last time. I'll just do it again instead of every market's going to be different. And this is what I failed to realize is that just because I worked well in this market doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily work well in this market. And this is what that was. It was a game of like understanding how you work and seeing how things play out. And it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about myself. It was probably one of the hardest years of my life. Um, I'm telling you like the hardest years of my life. Like I think I had like $17 in my account one time. Couldn't even take money out of my account. I was asking my parents for money. That was like, that brought on a lot of shame and guilt. And cause I'd always been independent myself. And the fact that I was like not good with my money contributed to my lack and fear and when you're coming from lack and fear what happens every single time is that you're constantly creating from that space of like oh my god i don't want that to happen so i'd go to an audition and it's like i have to get this job otherwise i'm not going to eat or i'm not going to do that and what am i doing i'm focusing on the worst case scenario i'm, I'm focusing on the fear and the judgments so how can you switch that like what's the better way to come from well, there was always two ways you're coming from you're either coming from lack fear judgment scarcity or you're coming from the other side of creation value fun now when you're having fun with things you're flexible you're able to move you're you're able to allow that to come through you but when you're trying to when you're coming from lack of fear and scarcity you're trying to force it and there's one thing you can't do is force creativity you can't force something you can't lie to the camera so the camera picks up on everything so it's 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 one of those things for anyone that's listening to check in to go where am i creating from today because especially right now with this pandemic's going on you know, a lot of people are saying, I have to make money. I have to, I've got to do this. Otherwise I'm not going to do this. So what are you focusing on in that moment? And I'm still guilty of this to this day. Like I still need to check in and go, okay, where am I creating from right now? Right. And you have to remind yourself of the things that you've got, you've gotten past or gotten through in your past. I'm just going to ask rem- that. So like, so if you're, if you're at a place where, you know, you've got $17 in the bank, and you're, or like someone listening to this and they're like, man, I've just lost my job or my hours have been cut. Like I need a hustle. I need, I need this. Hmm. How do you kind of switch that when that's the reality? Well, it's, it's easier said than done, but what you need to do is stop for a second because what you're doing is you're going straight into like <sighs> survival. And what happens when you go straight into survival? 
nothing can come through you and flow through you. But if I come in and I stop for a second and I go, okay, what are my choices right now? What's available to me? Who do I know that, that has jobs? Or what am I willing to do? If you're really in that space of desperate or you need to create money, it's like, what can I do? It's like, you can either focus on the, all the things that aren't happening for you or you can go, okay, how much money do I need just to breathe? Because when you do that, then you're able to give yourself some space. So by that, that's what the budgeting taught me was, is like, how much money do I need actually just to eat? How much money do I need just to breathe so that I can take time to create something? Or who do I know? Now, if you're not willing to step outside your comfort zone and do something that you've never done, or even like I'm telling you, like do a job that you would never think you would do, but you're getting the money you need just to survive and breathe, then you can create some space for yourself. And when you create space for yourself, then you're able to then actually do something in alignment with what you want to create next. Some people just think, oh, no, I, I, I fell over. I'm dead. I'm, I'm gone. Instead of going, okay, what do I need to do? I need to recuperate. I need to reevaluate. I need to reconnect with myself. Mm. And it's, it's all, not forever. Yeah. It's all about the quality of the questions that you ask yourself, right? And it comes down mm. to like our, our beliefs, our beliefs, whether we think we're good enough mm. or we think we're worthy for it, dictate the questions we ask, which then give us the different results. Yeah. So this is really, it's really cool. So, so 17 bucks in your bank account, going audition to audition. Keep going. What happened next? I was doing every job under the sun. So I was saying yes to everything. And I'm telling you the ego was getting hit hard and that's what the ego is going to do. And this is what you just said before, which isn't what were your beliefs. It all comes down to your underlying beliefs. So a lot of people don't know what their underlying beliefs are. They're your limiting beliefs. And it's almost like they sit just below the surface. So you can't see them. And that's their, that's their job. Their job is to hide underneath this area here right and then and then they'll come up and they'll speak and they'll say some stuff and then you'll be like i hear it but i don't know where it's coming from and you just that's your programming so that's your 90 percent programming so what you have to do is check into what is the persistent complaints or concerns or critiques you have about yourself that comes up every single time you go to the next level because those are those are where you're going to find your underlying beliefs and those stories and those stories are literally running a program. So you may find that it's really hard to change something. You're like, I know I want to do this, but I don't know why I keep doing this and sabotaging it. And that's because your underlying beliefs are running a program on you. So to first change something, we have to acknowledge it. So I had to acknowledge, I'm like, okay, I need to work. acknowledge that I'm, the story was that I'm not good with money or I'm not good with budgeting. So what do I need to do? I need to get interested in budgeting. I need to get interested in how money works and how it's an energy and how it flows through me. But I also had to check in and go, well, what do I have access to right now? Who do I know? What is possible? And it's, it, it's going to take time to practice that. But to break that, you need to get first write a new belief, an empowering belief, and then you have to write down an action that you can match with that belief. So how can I action that to recondition and reprogram my mind and repetition, repetition, repetition? Because when you're in stress, what happens to the body, the body, if you're in extreme stress and you're fully in that space all the time, nothing can flow through you. Mm. But when you come into the other side of that and love and flow and creation, then you're allowing yourself to flow and move. How can you, how can you shift these, these kinds of energy? Cause I'm thinking right now, like I know some people right now, that I know really, really well that are always stressed. They're yeah. always in this, this like, it's like they've got this tight grip and they're complaining yeah. that why is this always happening? Why can't this, you know, why can't this be like, yeah. this? you know, and, and I can kind of look at them and look at me and, and, and know that I'm in more of a short relaxed state, but I, how, how do you kind of help someone so, shift out so, of that? So there's a few things. There is a reason for all of your beliefs. We always get something from it. There's always a payoff that you get from complaining. There's a payoff you get from holding on to this belief. And the belief may be that I'm not good enough. So what do you do? Deep down that, that belief that's 90% below the surface is I'm not good enough. So what you do is you'll find all the ways that you're not good enough and you go and look for it even though you don't want it, even though you want to change it. That belief is so strong. So 
what do I get from this behavior? Maybe I get to stay in my comfort zone and I know what I get because every time on the other side of that is success. And if I succeed, then who am I going to be? Maybe the fear is that if I succeed, that the people around me won't be around me because when you start to lead and you start to go to the next level, it's lonely at the top. Some people, you know, you've seen it before, Morgan, like, you know, leaders, it's, it's lonely at the top where there's no one around. It's like, and we are built to be in tribes. We're built to be in connection with other people. So what happens when you step out of that? It's like, you almost want to step out of it, but you don't want to do it too much because if you do it too much then people won't be able to connect with you and you're, you're lonely again. Mm. So, so you sabotage and bring yourself back down. Yeah. So you've got to ask yourself, what do I get from this behavior? And there's always a benefit that you're getting, but there's also a long-term cost that it's costing you. So short-term pleasure, long-term yes. pain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. all right. I love it. I love it. Cause that, that's the thing, right? Like I even did actually, I did a podcast episode a little while ago back on that. The two main things that drive all human behavior is the, the chase of pleasure, the need for pleasure or the avoidance of pain. Mm. So, so you're saying that people would rather stay in this kind of, you know, emotional state because they're getting an instant payoff, instant gratification, which is so normal because this, the world we live in now as well, right? Everything's just instant. We have instant gratification. Yeah. Right. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I think I lost you a second. All good. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. So, um, dude, what I found really fascinating though is you were saying how much you like not I don't like to use the word hate, but you hated rejection. You had a big problem with rejection. Mm-hmm. Um and and confidence, I think. Well, actually maybe that's my next question, but rejection but then you go and become a model and and acting where you're just faced with it left right and center so either what what happened why, why did you go and face something that you, you hate so much or did you just learn how to really do you just accept it and know that rejection is just part of life or what i had to what's interesting is that when i got when i finally decided you know what this is what i'm going to i'm going to go into the modeling game it took me a good two or three years to really like understand that if I go and do this, this is what I'm going to face. This is the game. This is the rule of the game. So the moment I, I really understood that, I was like, well, I've got to learn. If I'm going to give this a shot, I'm going to go. I'm going to be the best at it. That's how my mentor was. That's what my method was, right? So I was training five days a week. I was eating properly. I was like learning every single thing I could do to become a a successful model. I was like looking at magazines. I was watching, I was like watching all the top models. I was like, what do they have that, you know? And I really just success leaves clues. So it's like, if you want to be the best at anything, check out who's at the top, check out what they're doing, see exactly how they're showing up. What are their traits? I was always on time to my castings. I made sure that every single time I went to a casting, I would literally, I'm going to show you this book, but I, I literally would, um, I would build conversation and the reason being is because I knew this this book's like about 15 years old, right? And it's called Perfect People Skills. Yeah. And you can see how old it is. It's yellow. Yeah, that's that's an old book, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I bought this book like, yeah, about 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, around then. And... I got it because I was like, well, if I'm going to go into a casting, how am I going to make them remember me out of like a hundred models? And that was a difference as well, Morgan. I think it's, it's, it's connection and it's building rapport. And I had five to maybe five minutes to build connection and rapport and make sure that they remember me. And I get really good at communicating and really good at building rapport and, and my energy and watching energy and watching models that came in and seeing how their energy was and noticing watching the judges too. So I'm pretty observant. And that's what taught me about, you know, people skills, opening up conversations, connecting, um, enrolling people in who I am. How can, how can you make someone, if you got five minutes to someone to make the best first impression, what are some, what are a few things you do to, to be memorable without first, getting naked or doing something crazy like that? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think the first thing is always eye contact. Eye contact, handshake, being present. It's like when I'm being present and I'm 
allowing this person to connect with me. It's like, I'm not looking away. Like if I walk into a casting and I'm like, Hey, what's up? And I kind of have my shoulders down and I'm, yeah, you know, confident. versus, yeah. Versus, Hey guys, how are you going? My name's Emil. What's your name? And there may be three people there and I remember their names and I'm like, George, blah, blah, blah. And I say their names, say it back to them. And it's about listening. And, and, and when you listen, there's always opportunity to connect. You know, they may look through your book and you can see what they're saying. Like they, they ask you questions and it's about responding instead of like being too, I really want this job. I'm super excited. It's like, it's a, it's a confidence is not loud. It's not boisterous. It's not in your face. Conscious. Confidence is, it exudes, it comes through you and it comes through you because of the fact that you're actually trusting yourself on a deeper level, right? And the more confident I got with speaking and connecting, the more I was just like, I'm cool, I got this. And I was never, ever, ever, ever in competition with anybody else. That was the difference. Mm. I wasn't comparing myself to the next dude, even if there was another light-skinned brother there. Like, it was like, <laughs> you know, which I was compared to, right? But it, with making connection, eye contact, handshake, firm, firm handshake, not too hard, not too soft, but enough to, to show your, your assertiveness and your, to assert your, you're there. And it really is about, I guess, the biggest thing is listening mm. and being present because you know, the difference is there's so many people out there and especially for the, you know, the millennials out there, it's like, there's so many distractions out there. And you really do notice when someone is having a conversation with you and they're fully present. Yeah. And what I see people do a lot is they, they think, and I think this comes back to like approval seeking behavior. Uh, You know, they like, I, I always, uh, and that's why I'm super grateful for network marketing, right? Like I really learned how to be a great connector through this profession, but I've always been told you have two ears, one mouth for a reason. So you should be listening more than you're speaking. And if you've ever left a conversation with someone, and I feel like this when I leave a conversation with you actually, Emil, I'm always like, he's so nice because you're so present and you just listen. And every other person that I know is like that where they just don't talk much, but they ask questions about you. And the more you get to be interested instead of interesting, you really leave a great impression. And I know many people that they try to be interesting thinking that, hey, if I just try to talk so much shit right now, this person's going to think, oh man, he's so cool. But like that stuff that, that that's lower conscious level connecting that's stuff for mm. like high school mm. when you're the cool kid at school and you've got this and that and your parents have this, this and that, that's great. But you know, when you're older and you're going for a job interview or you're connecting or you're meeting, you're having a date with someone, it's really about just being in- interesting in other people. Right. And I think a huge thing I switched for me was what you said it with the names. You know what? I really, I really, uh, got the lesson to remember people's names when we did that event with Preston and Lexi and Joel. Mm. Um, and we, like, I really, I'm really good at remembering people's names now because I choose to be. And I think what's that book, how to win friends and influence people. They say it's the best word that anybody can hear in the English dictionary. It's their, their own, name. Their own name. Yeah. Right. And uh, another thing I do that my mentor teaches me is like, I, I go up to anybody and I just think of, I look at them. I first greet them as if someone I haven't seen in so long like a long lost best friend doesn't even matter if they're a stranger, but I, I look at their face or something about them. And I just think of one thing that I love about them. One thing that I appreciate about them. One thing I think is great about them. And sometimes I say it, if they got a great smile, I'm like, wow, you have a really nice smile. Uh, or, but I just think it and Holy crap, the energy just comes off so differently and try this guys. Like just try be really freaking kind to people. And see what happens. See how much people go out of their way just to try and make your day. Even like, if what you what you just said was, oh, you thought that that person had a nice smile, and I just said it. Like so many of us will think it, but we won't say it because we're like, oh, I don't want to say that, or I don't want to come off as this, or I don't want to come off as that. And that's not your real expression. It's like if it's coming up in your mind, express it. Yeah, I love it. Do you think it's a confidence thing? Do you think what holds people back? is just not being very confident to say things like that, say things they really mean. I think people care so much about what people think is that they don't want to come off a certain way. So it's like, oh, don't say that or don't be like that. It's like they're kind of playing this game. And we all do it. We want to play this mask. And the mask is when we first come on, we want to put our best selves because we want the approval. We want this person to accept us. We want to be liked. So 
sometimes when doing that though, what you're doing is you're betraying yourself because you're not liking yourself. And if you're not liking yourself and accepting yourself, then you're literally always going to fall short. Mm. The inner game. You're out at your, what's T. Harvecker say? Your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. Inner world. Yeah. 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 So I really want to talk about, um, you know, your values, being in alignment, being in flow stakes. That's a big thing that you really teach on. And mm. that was one of the things that led you to kind of make this change and start going down this path, right? So what, what does that even mean? Like how can somebody really find their true values and start living in their values instead of living a life to try and please other people? I think when you don't understand your values, you don't understand your worth. That's where it all starts. Your values is how you make decisions, it's how you build relationships, it's how you create business, it's how you find fulfillment. And I think with a lot of people these days, even if I ask them their values, they, they'll look up at the sky and they'll be like, oh, I think it's integrity, family, and I'll just read off a bunch of values. But it's not really their values, right? Because what they're doing is they're taking values that they've gotten from their parents, which is fine, but they're not your values that you chose. So... A quick exercise that people can do that are listening, what they can do is they can check into, write down five people that inspire you and write down five traits or five values that you love about that person. And when you do that, you'll see five people that inspire you and then next to them you write five traits or values that you love about them and then you have 25 values right in front of you. Then I want you to do is choose your top five values that you think you need in order to become the best version of yourself. And when you do that, when you think you need these values, like for example, you might be really afraid, like a pure example, I used to be shit scared of talking on camera, right? So I chose a value like courage. And the reason why I chose that, that word courage is to counteract that behavior of me always avoiding speaking on camera or making up excuses or I'll do it again tomorrow or I'll do it. It's like, no, if I'm courageous, if I'm a person that shows up as courageous then i will face this and it takes five seconds of courage to step into that every single time so it's like go i feel the fear go i feel the fear go and eventually my value becomes part of me and then i show up as that value every single time like i said before you are what you value so you want to make sure you write down what each value means to you after you've got your five values what does it mean to you personally and then what after that, I want you to write down how would you action that value on a consistent basis? What are the action steps? And they need to be clear. Like if you have abundance as a value, what does that mean? And how, how are you going to make sure there's clear steps? So how, how can you decipher between what is your true value versus based on what you think it should be? For example, like if you think, you know, <clears throat> I think I need to strive for success mm. so then I can subconsciously be approved. So I think my highest value has to be success. And then how would a successful person show up? If you're, if we're consciously putting that in place, we're acting like that. Right. But if it's not our true value, eventually it will kind of lead to either a life of unalignment or yeah. burnout. Yeah. So how can we, so find your, what's true? your values should be giving you energy. Like when you align with your values, they give you energy and you feel full, you feel fulfilled when you're in alignment with your values. It's not hard. But if you're choosing a value like success, first I would ask you, I would, I would say, well, Morgan, what, what does success mean to you first? What does success mean to me? Success means being extremely happy and at peace and joy every single moment and what I'm doing and being paid a lot of money um, for doing what I love so much. Yeah. So it's just in that way. Then I would say, okay, well, if that's your, that's your version of success, that's your meaning of success. How would you action that value? How would I action that value? Because you said peace, happiness, earn a lot of money. What else? Yeah. Just be at peace and joy by, by with, with the work I'm doing. Um, I, I guess we'll you look at success cause I know my values are love, success and fun. So I guess when you really look at success, it would be getting paid an epic amount of money doing what I love by having a lot of fun doing it because mm. I've just kind of done the work that, because that's, 
success is living in all my values, my top three yeah. at least. Yeah. So that's the that's the accumulation of all three. So then you'd be yeah. like, okay, well, if I'm having fun with this and I'm earning money, that means that I am successful. Yeah. Yeah. So you see how those other values went into your that third value? Yeah. So that's all how you know you're on the right track. Because you're yeah. like, that's feeding into that one. Yeah. And, and um, you know, one, one thing that I really, because um, I've shuffled my values a little bit, right? Because I was asking this kind of question based on myself. I used to think my, my highest value was success. So I'm like, well, it has to be success. Because if it's not success, then what the hell is, what's the point of living if I'm not achieving, mm-hmm. right? And then I changed it to love. Because I'm like, well, I need to be expressing myself. And I need to be being kind and you know i don't want to create money and i don't want to create all this wealth if it's at the cost of someone else or at the cost of my own joy right yeah i want to so i i kind of ask myself those questions but then i ask myself i think this is the big thing so when i talk to people about their values i ask them it's like well what has to happen in your life for you to feel successful mm. and when i first did this i was like well i have to have a bentley i have to have a private jet and I have to be a multimillionaire in my 20s. Not just a millionaire, but a multimillionaire in my 20s. And mm-hmm. then I'll feel my highest value. It's yeah, like, so, so it's always based on something else. So this is the yeah. thing that people don't understand is that they think that when I get the car, when I get the house, when I get the job, when I get the money, then I'm going to feel full. And then what happens, and I know this because I coach multimillionaires in this game where I'm like, they've been at the top of their game for so long, but they're still empty. And I'm like, why do you feel empty now? And they're saying to me, well, it just doesn't give me the same buzz when I first started it. And that's because you did it. It wasn't, you weren't coming from the right place when you wanted to create it. You had this belief. Maybe it was like that I wasn't good enough, that I didn't think I was worthy, that I got told that I'm not smart at school. So if I achieve this, this is going to fix the feeling that I have that feels empty inside of me. So when I succeed, then I feel full again, but for a moment, but I actually haven't really done the inner work. Right? So it's, it's like, we always need to check in. It's like, why do I want that value? Why do I want more money? Like one of my values is wealth creation. And the reason being is because I know what wealth creation will give me is that I don't want to work for time for my, I don't want to exchange time for money and I want money to work for me. But I also want to create multiple streams of income. So in my head, if I focus on wealth creation, I ask myself, what are all the ways that I can earn money but are still in alignment with my values? Not just earn money, but I don't really care about that at all. Mm. Right? So how, how can somebody know if they're chasing success? Because a lot of the people that tune into this podcast they're on the achieving side of personalities, right? They're Which is of, nothing wrong with it. Which yes. Is cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just passionate. Like I'm 27 now. At the start of this year, I kind of figured out myself anyway. I started questioning myself going, why am I wanting to always achieve the next thing? And I started asking different questions. Instead of thinking, how can I get that next thing? It was like, why the fuck do I even want this? What's it going to bring me? And I've had, you know, I've been making more money this year doing less with a different energy and having no attachment to the recognition, no attachment. Like I don't give a shit if I get asked for this, this or that. Again, I don't care because I'm just wanting to do it for me. But I guess what I'm trying to help people do is like, I would still say I've figured this out at a young age because I know people that are, you know, in their fifties and stuff and they're making all this money and and they've got no idea why they did it and they're miserable. Mm. But how can someone kind of, realize if the things that they're wanting so bad the things that they're trying to strive for and achieve right now is for the right reasons well we always have to ask ourselves what's what is the reason what's the intention behind this what is it that i think i'm going to get if i get this goal and and so many people do this is like oh, i want to be famous and i'm like well, why do you want to be famous Oh, I want, I want, cause then I can earn money. And it's like, they, they, maybe they're feeling lonely and it's like, mm. I want to fill that gap. So you always have to really be honest with yourself and check in and go, what is this? What would this give me if I have this? How will I feel? And, and some people are like, well, I'm going to feel happy and I'm going to feel secure. And I'm like, well, what do you actually need to feel happy and secure right now? Like people think when I get this, then I'll be happy. But actual fact it's when I'm happy, then I'll get the thing. Mm. 
right? And what you've done, you've done is actually changed that. You've let go of the attachment of what it's meant to look like and you've allowed it to pass through you instead of trying to force it. Because when we force it, we're coming from fear, lack, um, judgment. We're trying to control it. You know, just keep pushing, just keep going harder, just keep going harder. That's coming from lack. But when you come into the other side of that and you come into the space of letting go of attachment, when you come into the space of creation, when you come into the space of fun, then you're allowing it to flow through you. And this is why you're earning more money. Yeah. So you always have to check in and go, what is my energy like? Am I trying to force something? That's, yeah, that's so funny because I, uh, I had a lot of resistance. Like what really came up to me at the start of the year like I started this year off really crazy and um, a big goal for me was to speak on our celebration stage about 5,000 people and I got asked to do that this year. So it was pretty cool. You know, I was the top incomer in our company last year in Australia for under 25 and I was like, you know, I wanted that. That was one thing. I'm like, I got to be the top incomer, you know, so I got to do that. And then I wanted, there was a few things I wanted to do and then, then they all happened. And then I kicked this year off with something crazy. It was like, like, like 13 or 14 different flights in the first nine weeks of the year. And I got to the event that I put like placed all this. This is going to be amazing. And I could have gone home before I even spoke. I was like, I don't even want it. I was like, I'm just dead. And for some reason, it's, I'm not even, you know what I mean? And, and I, I did it obviously. And it was, it was great and it was cool, but it wasn't, you know, I just switched. I'm like, how can I just give these guys so much value? I don't care about me being here. It's not for me, but that's, and up until then it was that it's like, yeah, this is, this is going to be cool and whatever. Then I was like, how's going to give value. But this is where I started to really start questioning all this and looking inwards. Um, but yeah, I was definitely attacking it. So at that event, I had this realization where I'm like, I need, like I've lost the fun in it and fun's the highest value of mine. What happened when you got it, when you got told you were the top income owner? Uh, oh, I knew I was top income owner. Uh, well, actually, because this was probably a few, this was a couple months of processing all of this. Yeah. Because I was like, here I am achieving in everyone else's eyes, which is amazing. Top income earner, speaking at celebration stage, 5,000 people at my age was the youngest person there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and everyone was telling me like this was how good I was. But inside, I was like, no, this is fucking shit. You know, it's like, well, how I've come? Got, Cause I have high standards, mm. right? But then, you know, it's about, I, but I think it's about having high standards. Yes. But being so appreciative because this is why I started this journey this year on actual self-love and self-appreciation. Cause I was like, I will love myself when I've done made million dollars mm. when I'm making a million dollars a year. Cause until then it's not good enough yet. But it's like, hang on a second. I've, I've you know, I've done pretty freaking well, man. <laughs> you mm. know, considering what's going on in my life and all that. And, you know, so it's just this, this journey of, of all of that. And yeah, I got there. I was actually, I don't like to say the word burnout. I don't like to associate with that. But if that existed, it was probably kind of close to it where I was just like mm. exhausted. And someone said to me, they're like, you need to go on away, go away for like four or five nights on your own. And I'm like, are you crazy? I don't, I don't have a day off. What mm. do you mean? Like I, don't, I work, man. I'm hustling. Like I'm mm. chasing this dream and they're like, no, go do it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe. I delayed that for probably another two or three months. I avoided it. I dug my head in the sand. I was like, no, no, I'm going to keep working, keep working. And then one day I was just sitting here and I just like, like everything just like felt super shit. Mm. Like, like I kind of like broke down kind of. And I'm like, I need to go do that trip away. Yeah. And then I went and did some bullshit trip away. <laughs> I think it was like two nights. Right. Mm. Two nights off social media, but those two nights well, it was really funny. Uh, so it was two nights, three days, turned all my social media off. When I turned my social media back on after three days, I made more money in those three days than I did in the entire week prior. Mm. Like my average week, I had more money in three days yeah. than my average week. And I was like, I think I'm onto something here. <laughs> it was really just t- taking the second, yeah, like all these things of, slowing down but look looking in and looking at the reason why, why i'm doing it and um yeah but then i it started actually a bit of a journey of understanding emotional intelligence and which i know is something i want to talk to you about because you're mm. you coach a lot about this right yeah for 
for all the listeners, what is emotional intelligence? So emotional intelligence is like your, it's basically the self-awareness. It's like the street smart versus IQ, which is your book smart. So emotional intelligence is the ability to understand your own thoughts, feelings, and emotions and not take them as truth or take them as like, oh my God, I'm having this thought. This is terrible, right? And when you understand your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and you start to really get to know yourself on a deeper level, you're going to be able to create business. You're going to be able to understand more people because when you understand yourself, you will understand how other people work because you are a mirror, mm. right? And we're all mirrors. So it's a fact, Morgan, actually, that people that are higher in emotional intelligence earn an average of $29,000 a year more than those people that are not. And that's because straight up is you don't react, you don't take things personal, you're able to navigate, you're able to negotiate, you're able to read people better, you're able to enroll people in conversation and you're not socially awkward. You know, it's, it's one of those things where the more emotionally intelligent you are, the deeper the relationships you're going to have. And everything to do with business is relationships. Mm. I could be the best at my field at like, um, and the most talented, but if I can't communicate that, if I can't enroll you in who I am, then it's a waste of talent. And the same is, you know, in your network marketing as well, right? Yeah, definitely. This stuff should be taught in schools. Um, yeah. You know, like, cause I, I, I finished school. Um, I'm, I've lost what's, what's, if you're not emotionally intelligent, what's the other one? In, what's the other intelligence? Uh, IQ. IQ versus EQ. Yes. And, you know, because that's all they grade us in school, right? It's like, here's this test. Here's Book one smart. test. Yeah. yeah. Here's one test that all of you will do. We'll mm. grade you all the exact same. And then we'll give you a number or a score and then tell you pretty much how successful you're going to be in life based on this score. And when I finished school, I, I had this score that was pretty much, I was told that I should just go become a tradie and I work with my hands because that's like a laborer. That's the only thing I'm really going to become successful at. Definitely don't do anything involved speaking, uh, you know, because my English was horrible. Yeah. Uh, my communication skills was horrible. My writing skills was horrible. Don't do any of those things. Just go work with your, work with your hands because you're pretty good hands on in sport and music and stuff. And now I've started writing a book. I've spoken on five different, uh, five countries around the world you know, on stages, right? And, you know, it's just funny uh, because I really started to learn to th- uh, this kind of stuff. So, um, it's, it's super important. I mean, w- when it comes to like emotional intelligence and being this kind of way, what do you think is the, is the main, cause we're talking a little bit about sabotaging, like sabotaging behaviors and things like this. What is the yeah. main kind of behavior or patterns you see in the younger generation right now? I think with the younger generation right now is, is so much, and even actually even our generation, I feel like I'm old right now. How old are 30, you again? I'm 37. Oh, you're a millennial still. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure millennial is like, uh, I'm 20, I'm, I, think, I think it's up to about 39 at the moment. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with, with you guys. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Um, I think it's, it's distraction. I think there's too many things out there and there's so many things going on that you're getting pulled in so many different directions. And I think those that are able to focus and I'm not just saying focus on like five different things. I'm saying focus on one thing and do it well and be productive in that space are the ones that are going to take off because there's so many things that are taking out energy. There's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's Facebook, there's, Snapchat, there's, I don't even know what else is there. Real, <laughs> there's reels now. Real? Real? Real. Yeah. So there's all these things and it's like, it's, there's, you know, people that are wanting to start YouTube channels. They're wanting to start, you know, vlogs and this and podcasts and there's so many things. And it's like, you're getting pulled in so many different directions. And I think for the youth of today, it's just going, check into what your values are first and make your decisions from your values, not from where you think your friends are what your friends are doing, what you think your friends are going to like. It's like check into what your values are. And if you understand your values, you're going to understand who, what fulfills you. And then ask yourself a question from that. How can my, I align my values with everything that I'm doing? And when you do that, you won't have regret. And you won't have this empty feeling because you might be really good at 
you know, music, but you're like, no, I'll go and do this YouTube because this is what's cool. Mm. Right. And then you get it and you get really well and you go far in the YouTube, but then you'll still be unfulfilled and you'll be unhappy and you'll be like, why am I in this space again? Yeah. So I really think it's about trying to listen to your, to yourself and, and lead from your own heart instead of like what you think will look cool or get the approval. Yeah. And cause that's a huge thing, right? Cause that's like, people fall into the people pleaser people pleaser people pleaser people pleasing and you know wanting to do things outside your values to get the approval of other people how can what's your advice to somebody on actually just doing what's true to your values and not worrying about the approval of other people like how can they get their own approval not need it elsewhere you always have to check in and ask yourself am i doing this for myself or am i doing this to get the acceptance from someone or am i doing this to get the the approval from someone and ask yourself and be true to yourself because if you constantly do that, I'm telling you right now, speaking from experience, you will end up so lonely and so out of touch with yourself that you will constantly get the approval from other people. When you're constantly doing that, what you're doing is you're, you're asking people to feed you because you're like, I'm going to show up as this person and I'm going to show up as this person that I think will get liked and pr- get approval, but it's not really the true me. And I, and I show up as this person and I'm like really nice and I'm going ahead with whatever you want to do because I want, I want to be part of the crew. But you're lonely. You're in a crowd and you're actually not connected. And I think so many people do this today, still to this day, because they're afraid of being alone or even in a relationship. You might be in a relationship and you're like, I'm in this relationship because I don't want to be alone and all my friends have partners. Yeah. And if, if you can't sit with yourself and be with yourself and really, and really sit with yourself, then how are you going to expect someone else to, to be with yourself and accept you and, and give you love if you're not giving it to yourself? This is massive, man. Like, it's just, it's so funny. Cause like, it's so like, I just got back from a trip on my own. Cause like I was saying, I went away on that little trip and I, I half asked it. Oh, I just think mm. it should have been longer. Mm. and so I just got back from Hamilton Island. I went to Hamilton Island for five nights. Yeah. Five nights, deleted everything, all my social media. And it was so funny. The, have you been to Hamilton Island? Yeah. It's gorgeous, right? It's, it's yeah. something like you want to share it with someone. It's so nice. And I get there and I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. It's going to be great. First sunset of the night, here I am texting three different friends sending them photos, sunsets, like guys, look at how sick this is. Like, you know, you know, it'd be cool. Like, cause I delete all my social media. Right. Mm. But I'm texting my close friends going, Oh look, you know, we should come up here together. It's so cool. And then I'm like, hang on, this is, look at me. I, I can't even sit here and enjoy the sunset and drink on my own. And so I turned my phone onto like the do not disturb. So no one could call me. No one could text me all week. And it, it took a couple days to really, it was challenging. Like sitting, like if you're waiting, you know, like we go to a restaurant and waiting for our food, like 10 minutes. What do we usually do? We pull our phone out. Yeah. We get distracted. And we're like, oh, let's just see if I can get a dopamine here. Have, has anyone loved my new photo? I've got a new likes, new comments. There's approval. There's, you know, oh, and if it hasn't, shit, I need to post something on my story. You know, here's my food. Someone respond. Yeah. Someone view my, my shit, right? And yeah. it was just so interesting to sit there. And to be like, well, how can I just focus in the moment and enjoy this moment even more than I already am? Yeah. I think it's, it's a massive thing. I mean, like, I'm, I don't know if you've seen my social media. I post, like, whenever I want. And I'm not the most consistent. I think I posted the first time yesterday, uh, this week after two months. So, <laughs> for me, it's like, I always have to question, I'm like, am I posting this for myself or am I posting this to get the approval? Like, what value do I want to give my people? people that follow me and I have to always just make sure that I'm in alignment with that and no matter what otherwise if I'm forcing it I'm not posting it because it's not coming from that it's coming from my ego yeah and um I think I think a lot of us we do we rely on that and it's hard to be alone and you know when you do start to become more successful which you will when you continue to stay in alignment with what you're doing and you're loving what you're doing what you'll find is that when you do go on trips it's like ultimately we want to share it with someone like this is why relationships are the most important thing is because you may have gotten to the best part of your life and you're like, yes, I've achieved all this stuff. But then it's like, who do I get to share this with? 
So you want, you want to build those relationships in, and the only way to build those relationships is by building those relationships with yourself. Because when you start to act as this frequency and you show up like that, you will attract people like that as well. And you will recognize other people's greatness as well. This is massive. I absolutely love this, man. This has been incredible. I've been loving uh, chatting with you, bro. Uh, where can everybody find you? You're about to bring out your own podcast and everything. So where can everybody go ahead and find you and get onto your stuff? Um, they can check out my website, www.emilsteenveld.com or you can check out my Instagram at emilsteenveld. Beautiful. And your podcast, what's the date now? Honestly, by the time this podcast play comes out, your show is probably uh, probably just coming out as well. So what's it's, how can they find that? It's, the it's oh shit it'll be on your instagram probably yeah it'll be on my instagram it's going to be coming out uh, uh, november 1st and that podcast is going to be actually me coaching people on the podcast and breaking down things for people and then also i'll be um, interviewing experts as well yeah and guys like emil's an absolute freaking boss when it comes to coaching we've done like a lot of work together and he has a way of asking incredible questions uh to get like profound answers out of you so really jump onto his podcast. It'd be freaking epic. So man, I love having you here. I'm going to wrap this up with one last question. Are you ready? Yep. If you were to go back and give your 18 year year old self 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? It would say fail, fail again, fail again, fail again. And then ask yourself, what did you learn from that instead of trying to avoid it? And the more I would learn from those failures, I get to bring those learnings with me instead of trying to hold back and trying to keep it perfect. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month I'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.